0: one again that's eight out of nine and that's nine games over 500 at the very worst the pirates are the best of the bad teams the big news is that austin meadows the outfielder he's coming up from AAA. in fact he's here and will be in uniform tonight at pnc park starling Marte is on the dl meadows was hitting 294 in triple a only one home run his numbers were only okay now I don't know how much Meadows is going to play but I am assume he's going to get some A-B's or why would you bring him up he's a legit center fielder so I bet he starts while Marte is out you can't go all fictional with guys like Rodriguez and Fraser in center field so here is all I ask If Meadows kills it, he stays up. And maybe that's dumb because when everybody is healthy, Meadows would not start. But I'm the last real pirate fan. I just want him to win, Uh, me and Doc Emmerich. And so it's frustrating when Nick Kingham pitches great like he did and goes back down. Just keep and use your best players. If Meadows proves himself, Keep him in Pittsburgh. Maybe Polanco needs pushed a bit. Maybe Polanco needs to sit a bit. I spoke yesterday how Pirate fans are really insular. And let me add, you can't have a discussion with them. A lot of Pirate fans, especially the younger ones, who think they invented it, they think everything the Pirates do is right. I'm sure you think, they think, that everything... I say about the Pirates is negative, but that's not true. I recognize the positive. For example, Hurdle's a heck of a manager, especially for this team. Dickerson was a heck of a get. Josh Bell is everything he's supposed to be and getting better. But if I bring up the absurdity of sending Don Kingham, I get, nope, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but he pitched six and two-thirds perfect. Nope, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but he's better than Cool. Nope, it's the right thing to do. That's because the Stooges are used to defending the indefensible. By the way, Cool did not go five innings last night, just four and a third. You had one job to do, go five, and you blew it. But San Diego made some errors and played like the crap team that they are, and the Pirates won. Anyway, that's all I want. I want a discussion, or not, because Steeler Minicamp is not that far away. But I am excited to see Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows is 23 years old. Nick Kingham is 26. The Pirates... Hot young prospects, they're not really that young. Bryce Harper was in the big leagues five years by the time he was 23. I know that's an extreme example. I know Austin Meadows ain't Bryce Harper, but I do know he's 23 and he's barely played in the big leagues at all. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. we got Tim Benz. Joining me at 3.30 and in studio at 4.15, he is the king of old school, John Steigerwald. Uh, The big story with the Pirates continues to be the home attendance. They have won eight out of nine. They're in first place. There was a little rain last night, but the weather was okay. But the announced attendance was 11K and change. And it looked like they were maybe... Six or 7,000 who actually showed up and maybe less. A lot of the Bucko faithful think that's not a problem because they're winning games. You're pointing at the attendance because it's bad. Who cares? It's a W. You're wrong, fat ass. It's a W. That's all that matters. It's a W. Okay, so why don't we call the hillbilly prince... And see if he thinks attendance is a problem. Because I bet he thinks it is. And I bet he finds a way to let you know. Uh, Right now it's a good baseball team. But the attendance sucks. Those are two separate discussions. And the latter does not negate the former. But nor does the former negate the latter. I'm not unhappy that the Pirates are winning games. I'm actually happy. It certainly helps my business. I do kind of laugh when I hear people say, just enjoy the ride. Have fun. Enjoy the ride. They're winning now. Enjoy the ride. I'm a bit more pragmatic. I think about where the ride ends up, like, say, at the bottom of the Grand Canyon in a fiery mess or fourth in the National League Central. And the reason you got to think that is because between now and the trade deadline, St. Louis and Chicago will do much more to strengthen their teams than the Pirates will. So will Milwaukee, probably, because they've invested so heavily so recently. The Pirates will make a-, a token move, or maybe they'll get rid of Jay Hay. Do not count out get rid of Jay Hay if the attendance continues to suck. Like I said, the Hillbilly Prince Well, let us know if he's pissed. Uh, By the way, let's say Austin Meadows comes up and kills it. When Marte comes back, do you keep Meadows in the lineup and bench Polanco? And at some point, if Meadows comes good, is Polanco the guy you trade? Because Polanco is uh, disappointing. Hurdle's doing the right thing, keeping Polanco in, in right field. And not moving him to center in Marte's absence, as some suggest. Too many mental errors by Polanco. Too many bad jumps on the ball. Uh, by the way, there's a good column in the Post-Gazette about Neil Huntington, the Pirates general manager, about what a mixed bag he is. He butchers the draft. He butchers player development. Dejon's mentioned that on this program once, twice, or a couple thousand times. But Neil Huntington does make the most of a limited budget. The bottom line is Neil Huntington is the perfect general manager for Bob Nutting. Uh, I I got pictures of this posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. You know what Alex Ovechkin eats on every game day and has done since his rookie year with the Capitals? He eats this huge pasta dish delivered from this place called Mama Lucia's that includes chicken parm, a huge pile of pasta, mushrooms, bread, and four kinds of sauces. That sounds delicious, but like Brooke Zorpik said, it's the kind of meal that makes you want to take a five-hour nap afterward. Uh, Ovi was pissed last night. We'll talk about that game in detail uh, after the commercial. But Ovi broke a stick over the crossbar after. The Capitals outshot Tampa 38-19, but Tampa won because Vasilevsky was great in goal and Holtby wasn't. And Ovi has zero goals in the last two games, and the Capitals lost both of those. It may be unfair to say, but Ovi has to score every night. Our buddy Nick Kotsanika from NHL.com wrote a story about Mark Andre Fleury. Here's a great quote from Mark: "In Pittsburgh, you're supposed to win every year, right? And then sometimes maybe you get lost in it a bit too much. So I think it's just about realizing what you're doing and having some fun with it." Unquote. I never thought for a second Mark Andre Fleury didn't have fun in Pittsburgh, but uh, there's a lot less pressure in Vegas than there was for him here in Pittsburgh. In fact, considering it's Vegas's first year, there's still no pressure on Flory whatsoever. I mean, there really isn't, even though they're tied, excuse me, up two games to one in the Western Conference Final against Winnipeg. Because anything over five hundred for an expansion team was like a dream. And the playoffs winning a round, winning two rounds, now up two games to one in the Western Conference Final. There's still no pressure. It's all a bonus. Vegas could be up three games to one in this series and blow it. And it would still be the most successful season by an expansion team ever in any sport. Vegas could be up 3-0 in the final and blow it. And then still get cheered off the ice at the end of of the last game if it took place in Vegas. No pressure at all. I'm not saying that Mark responded negatively to the pressure here in Pittsburgh. I mean, God, look how he played in last year's playoffs. But in so many ways, if he was going to switch teams, Vegas was just an ideal situation. we got Daryl on hold. We'll get to him in a moment. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Does your girlfriend want to bang a penguin? Well, bang, but
1: I guess if that's your freebie, then my freebie would be Crosby. But, uh. Wait,
0: what? VX at 1059. Pirates host the Padres tonight. Uh, Austin Meadows is in the starting lineup and batting seventh. He's playing center field. A-, a tweet from Michael. If Meadows does perform well, I think Dickerson would be the most likely player to be traded at the deadline or after the season. If he plays well for the remainder of this season, the Pirates would not want to pay his arbitration number or extend him long-term. That's good, Michael. You're thinking like somebody who understands their management, understands their ownership. Uh, Reg tweets, Kingham was sent down to not miss a start with the Pirates' extra off days. Tyon picked up an extra start in, Reg expects Kingham to be recalled and to start Sunday. I don't know about that, but uh, if that's the case, I would like to see it. See how simple that was? All I want to do is have a conversation about the Pirates. Uh, there's a story going around that a first-run NHL draft pick, who's not yet in the league, has a video game addiction, and it's affecting his career because he's playing video games all night. It's exhausting him physically and distracting him mentally. That's a heck of a story and totally believable. I'm proud to say I have never played a video game on a TV, just arcade stuff dating back to Ms. Pac-Man and Pong. I just don't see the attraction. There's a big debate among the hockey literati over whether that story should have been leaked because... If you look at first-run NHL draft picks who aren't yet in the league, you can make a list of people who this story could be about. Hey, welcome to 2018. Welcome to the world of social media. Ain't nobody getting a break ever again. Speaking of hockey, Tampa Bay won at D.C. again last night. The home team is 0-4 in that series, and it's tied two games apiece. Washington had Tampa Bay on the mat, and they let him up, and we'll regret it. Vasilevsky made 36 saves for Tampa. Tampa, at one point, went 21 minutes without a shot on goal. Uh, Tampa got shot 38-19, but Vasilevsky won the game. He stole the game. He had Washington spooked. The Capitals got the goalie out late and had possession, but nobody wanted to shoot. Not even Obi. they just kept passing. Nobody wanted to get stopped. Uh, Backstrom did play after missing, uh, dating back to the Penguin series with an injured hand. He did okay, but now the Capitals gotta be tight. Their fans gotta be tight. Well, not Mia Khalifa, that ship has sailed and sunk. Uh, Washington can't handle success. They don't know what to do when things are going good. Orloff scored in the first period, Washington had a 1-0 lead and momentum, but Tampa scored off a bad turnover inside that Kempney made it inside of a minute after the Orloff goal. That is typical Washington, but the main story last night, Vasilevsky was brilliant, he sits so deep in the net, but he can out quick the puck uh, as often as not, he plays very low to the ice just A great performance by him. Uh, Tampa Bay is five and one on the road in these playoffs. Two and zero at Boston, and now two and zero at Washington. Washington is seven and one on the road. Vegas is five and two on the road. Winnipeg is five and three on the road. So I'm starting to notice a bit of a trend. Uh, Tampa Bay has 16 power play goals in 17 playoff games. 16 for 52 with the man advantage. Stamkos has six power play goals. In that series, it's been all about special teams. Oh, and for Tampa, Kunitz is killing people, winning that war of attrition. Kunitz got a one-year deal at Tampa for $2 bucks. Maybe that's a guy the Pens could have kept. But still, $2 million with the Pens cap situation. For a bottom six, I don't know, maybe not. But Kunitz is like the mean old guy. He comes off his porch to yell at you, then cracks your head with his stick. I love it. Uh, By the way, here's a weird note. A Canadian team hasn't won the Stanley Cup since Montreal in 93. The nation of Canada is supporting Winnipeg, or that's how the story goes. But over 40% of Winnipeg's roster is American-born. 11 out of 24. Winnipeg has more Americans than Canadians. Uh, here's the latest crap about that asshat Tom Wilson. He says now he communicated to Zach Aston Reese through a mutual acquaintance that he hopes he gets well soon. Bruh, you broke his head. You don't need to communicate through a mutual acquaintance. I'm sure Zach would prefer next time that you try to break his head, you do it to a mutual acquaintance instead. You should have texted him personally at the very least, uh, Blake Wheeler from Winnipeg got asked about Mark Andre Fleury giving him a wet willy. He said, "I didn't clean my ears that day, so jokes on him." Not a, a bad comeback. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Up next, we're going to talk to Tim Benz of the Trip. One oh five nine X.
1: And now, the super
0: genius, Mark Madden. None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ah. You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber.
1: The X at 1059.
0: It's Double M on the X. Joining me now is a columnist and general bon vivant for Trip Total Media. We welcome to the program Tim Benz. Tim, what's a bigger story? The Pirates winning eight out of nine? or very few people showing up at PNC Park. Uh, Less than 12K last night, and that's tickets sold.
1: Yeah, I think they're both big stories, Mark, because I thought they'd probably have one stretch like this where they get 8 of 9, 9 of 10. Uh, This is the second really good stretch they've had already this season. I didn't anticipate them being this far over 500 this deep, but the fact that they are, and they're still not drumming up more than that, should be alarming to the owner
0: and i'm sure it is and i can't help but wonder how that will manifest itself let's say attendance stays down. what will nothing do what will the reaction be organizationally
1: well i think that's why you're getting what you're getting when i've been listening to your show mark when people are panicking about a boycott uh those who are fans or those who are fans that pose as media members are rooting for people to get in the stands because they know what will happen Uh, They may not say it, they may not write it, but they know that if they don't feel like the bottom line will be met, if they keep payroll high enough, if they're not led to believe that, then they won't do anything to boost it. And therein lies the dilemma, right?
0: And, in fact, may do something to cut the losses, namely trade somebody like Josh Harrison, even if the Pirates are still in contention.
1: Yeah, and I think they're getting a little help, are they not, in that regard as it relates to Josh Harrison, that they've done so much of this without him that the ease with which there is to trade him. In fact, Mark, I wouldn't be surprised that regardless of where they are in the standings, uh, regardless of what the win streak may or may not be at the time, that because this good stretch of play has been uh so obvious for them while he has been out, that they use that as an excuse to trade him now for a smaller piece that they can leverage as sort of a quad A guy uh, to maybe be an arm in the bullpen or something to that effect, a bat off the bench, as they always like to say. Uh, the easy way to parlay his payroll being absent from the bottom line is to say, well, look at how we are doing without him.
0: Why aren't people showing up? Because it goes beyond weather and it goes
1: beyond crap excuses too. What's your theory? I think it's – got to prove it to me. I think that there was a lot of good faith put out there when the team went on the three-year run of making the playoffs. Uh, even beyond that to start the next season despite the moves that were made that were unpopular, and then have two more years that look so similar to all the years before the playoffs. Uh, I think people are saying, uh, you know, until some bigger tickets come to town, until uh, we're deeper into the season, and I know that the team is actually going to do it, uh, I'm not going to throw so much down to go to the park or carve out that much of my time to be there for a game in may that might be forgotten about by the time august rolls around it's very much a wait-and-see attitude and i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that i I don't think that you have to be mutually inclusive to be a fan but still be skeptical I, i don't hold it against people that want to be skeptical and still need to be won over
0: if the pirates keep winning will more people show up is that necessarily inevitable
1: yeah, I do think that. I think if they're seven, to eight games over 500 and in first place and the Cardinals or Cubs come to town and it's July and, uh, they are the talk and, um you know, they're coming up to the deadline or something to that effect. They're just coming out of the all-star break when baseball is the only thing on people's minds. Uh, then yes, I, I do think you'll see more, but I don't know if you're going to get the regular thirties crowds, Mark, until late into a pennant chase if they're still in it. And boy, that's, still awfully positive thinking let's keep in mind this is still just 43 games in not 143 uh this is a team that uh for as good as it looked back in 2012 when they were what 16 games over 500 on august 8th they wound up a couple games under and that's still in the minds of people that are fans even though they came before the three-year run of playoff baseball
0: why are the pirates winning what are the primary catalysts
1: I think Trevor Williams pitching above board. I think the production that they've gotten from Dickerson, more offensive production from Cervelli, um, maybe not consistent good hitting from Bell, but timely good hitting, especially of late. Uh, they've had this sort of effect of different guy on a different night. Uh, one hot bat has carried like Polanco's hot bat early. Uh, Marte got hot for a week. They've, managed to string together this stretch where, you know, Dickerson's been consistent, but other guys have gotten hot for just enough of a period of time that it's kept other people afloat when maybe they've been slumping. I think they've fed off of one another in a different guy every night sort of mentality, gotten more out of the bullpen than I think maybe we had a right to expect and it's the starting pitching, too, for that matter. Even if Tyon hasn't been that great or Nova to that degree.
0: Well, let's stay with the pitching. Can the pitching hold up? Because I say no way. They don't have a number one starter or even really a number two caliber starter.
1: You know, that's one of those, do you look at it now and say, look at how well they've done without some positives maybe coming to play, or do you look at it and say there's no way they can sustain this without Tyon and Nova being better, right? Uh, and that's kind of how I view it. My my belief is Tyon will get better. I don't know if Nova will ever be the guy that they first got when they got him at the trade deadline or right around the trade deadline right after whatever it was a couple of years ago. I think the best times that they've had with Nova have come and gone – I think they can still rely on Tyon. Uh, I think in his best incarnation for a year or two, um, Trevor Williams is a two-and-a-half, and maybe they're enjoying that right now and getting lucky and having it be sustained. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I worry about the pitching being good enough to keep the bats afloat if the bats do get quiet.
0: We're talking to Tim Benz of The Trip here on 105.90X. Tim, what are your expectations for Austin Meadows, uh, the outfielder, who just got caught up from A? can he earn a spot beyond Marte's injury by playing well?
1: He could. Um, you know, that would be easier to not playing Polanco on certain nights. But if you ask me, the, fir- the first thing I thought of when you asked me that question, what's my expectation? Well, my expectation is for him to get hurt soon because he so often is. So I got to see him play consistently and stay healthy for a long time before I uh, blow any proportions or any any expectations out of proportion for him.
0: Uh, will the Pirates play the Chicago White Sox in the playoffs, Tim? Is there any chance that happening? Because I-, I think that's their best hope for postseason success.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's face it. They played an easy schedule, too. You've got to take advantage. And-, and that's one, I think, hyper-positive spin that people put out there, which is, well, the Pirates are doing what they haven't done in the past. They've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. Well, the fact that they didn't do that is why they were significantly under 500. Um, You know, let's not just say – that they're automatically now going to beat more teams that they're not supposed to beat because they're beating the bad teams. I think people are um, soft peddling that a little bit. The schedule has come into play here. They've done a good job against a pretty mediocre at times AL central against some lesser light teams. So I, I, I do look at the schedule and say, get it. especially when you got teams like the Cubs and Cardinals who will try to get better as the season goes along. Right?
0: Well, right. And at the deadline, that, that's my biggest fear on behalf of the Pirates is that they may make a token acquisition as they have in the past near the deadline to get a little bit better, but the Cards and Cubs will get a lot better. They'll do whatever it takes.
1: Right. If it's a, uh, even with the way the Brewers have gone after talent and the way that they've invested. So if it's a four team derby and the Pirates are three games in front of one team, two games in front of the other, and the other two are nipping at their heels a game and a half back. I mean, don't you expect those other three teams that we just rattled to be more aggressive at the trade deadline and have the ability to acquire better players at the deadline than what the Pirates do? Well,
0: I think the Pirates have ability at least equal to Milwaukee, but uh, Milwaukee's made some big investments lately, and I just think they want it more.
1: Uh, That's always going to be the Pirates' problem, won't it be? Right, yes. Um, You know, what we have frequently talked about, and I know it's a cap sport, it's not the, the, the same thing, but, you know, it's easy for a team that's up against the cap in hockey to say, well, we're spending as much as we can. But, you know, as we saw with the Steelers and Joe Hayden, or as we saw with the Penguins and Derek Broussard, um, they're willing to make a risk for the future to bring on a contract that might be beyond expiring this year just because they think it's going to help them uh, for this season. Like, even if there's risk beyond the calendar year that they're contending, Uh, Did did the the Pirates were quick to say, well, look at what we did with uh, Marlon Byrd. Look what we did with Morneau. And look what we did with Jay Happ. All those guys left after a couple months. And it's great to say you gave away some talent to make a run for that season. But uh, would they have been as willing if they had an onerous contract on the back end? No, even if the team would have been willing to part for the same price in return.
0: Tim, is Pennsylvania maybe not going to have legalized sports betting? because the taxation will be too big, because it's going to be difficult to turn a profit when you're paying a 36% tax on gambling income. Tim, that's absurd, and the license fee is $10 million. The casinos don't want it.
1: I'm beginning to wonder if Pennsylvania will get legalized sports betting. Right, exactly. All they did was put the mechanism in place, and on the Trib site on Breakfast with Ben's, I had a great conversation with Michael McCann from Sports Illustrated, who's I think the preeminent guy when it comes to sports and the law overlapping legal analyst, he's fantastic. And he was telling me, you know, you could still see people try to get in the way when it comes to injunctions and lawsuits over things aside from the actual legalization of the gambling, how the money is distributed and other potential legal roadblocks beyond what you're just referencing, which is very real, Mark, is how do you put this into place and turn the profit that the casinos are going to want and not only that, but how about for the gambler, right? I mean, you know how it works. If you want to win 100 bucks, and you make an average bet with your bookie in the corner or most online services, you know, you're winning 100 by only risking $110. Uh, for them to make a profit, if the same bet is going to cost you 130 or 140 to make, t- Tim, no better, better will make it?
0: that bet. Nobody, do it? Nobody Great, will pay exactly.
1: more of a VIG than 10%. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and, and that's what I worry about when we make it sound like this is going to be this windfall. It is, you know, you know, who's Mark, the guys that are going to boost the totals for the states when it comes to gambling are they? Uh, not even the guys who gamble normally. It's literally going to be 28 year olds that park at the rivers and walk through the rivers and put a $25 or $50 bet on the Steelers just in case they win so they can cash their ticket back to their car. These aren't whales we're talking about here.
0: (laughs) Uh, Leave it to Pennsylvania, right? Uh, Chase all the money to West Virginia where the tax is only going to be 10%. Tim, I think the only greedy guy in West Virginia is Bob Nutting. (laughs) Now, I see a lot of analysis how legalized betting will change sports. Tim, I don't think sports will change at all because there's always been betting. This is a big deal in terms of it being above board and big business and government getting their cut. Otherwise, it's nothing new
1: at all. Oh, my God. All these concerns that the game, well, the mass game fixing now. That's so funny to me because, like, what? Jimmy No-Nos, who has been so petrified this whole time to make an illegal bet will suddenly now fix a game and open himself up to 14 felony charges, which he wouldn't have done otherwise when he could have made the bet online or with the bookie. Are, are you kidding me? Like, that's such backwards thinking to suggest that What now all of a sudden there's going to be mass game fixing when that's always been illegal, but just because the mere p- uh, part of putting the bet down is legal, you're going to open yourself up? Come on, that's like, this is your brain, this is your brain on gambling kind of scare tactics, in my opinion.
0: Who's going to get to the Stanley
1: Cup final? I think it's going to be I, – I was ready to say – you know what? I still think Washington is going to do it, and I don't know why, but I still think Washington is going to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to think they're slipping back their old ways, but I, I like that team. And you know what, Mark? I I think the Golden Knights are going to win. I was more concerned about the Knights against San Jose than I was against Winnipeg. I think the Knights are going to do it, and I think you're going to see Fleury versus Ovechkin again, and that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun.
0: You know what it's a lot like is when Leicester City won the English Premier League. You
1: kept waiting for them to not win, and then it was, oh, crap, they won. You know what, Mark? And that's funny since we just came out of the gambling conversation. Did you see the ESPN piece about how the Knights are wrecking Las Vegas? Go ahead. So ESPN did this big expose about how people in Vegas are just throwing the lines off and winning and winning and winning, winning on the Knights. And they said the only other time they've taken a bath this big on one individual team was when Leicester City won.
0: Well, history could well repeat itself, and again it would be really similar. That's Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden. You're listening to 1059 the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Come, son of Jorel, kneel before Zod. Oh hi. Um always great to hear from the lady caller. The X at 1059. The Penguin side the defenseman, Jusso Ricolda. Recall up. He's 24, played for Finland at the World Championships. They just got knocked out by Switzerland. Six foot 190, left-handed shot. He played in the Finnish league, went undrafted, and he knows Olimata because all the Finns know each other. Oh, and he never coughs. Recall up. I hope he brings the horn with him. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Pirates at home tonight. Austin Meadows in the lineup. Batting 7th and playing center field. I heard the Pirates might raise a banner. Most wins in the National League on May 18th. Combine that with fireworks and you might draw 15K. Maybe. Uh, the royal wedding is this weekend. The prince is marrying one of the girls who opened the briefcases on deal or no deal. Talk about a storybook romance. If this was 1936, then make him abdicate. Uh, Whitney Droll, an ex of Channel 4, and Super Hot. Just had a baby in Dallas where she's semi-retired. Uh, Whitney is so beautiful, always has been. I was on remote, in that restaurant in the steel building. It's a steakhouse now, I forget what it was called then. And Whitney came in to come on the show, and the place just stopped. She was wearing something not provocative, but extremely form-fitting, and the place just stopped. So congratulations to Whitney Drolin, who often turned on Troy Aikman for dates. And stand the man Gable too. Uh, I drink a lot of coffee, decaf. And you know what's amazing? Hershey's has a creamer out that is chocolate and caramel. Oh my god, chocolate and caramel coffee creamer! It's like an orgasm in your mouth. Oh uh, wait, that came out wrong. Wait, uh, that came out wrong too. What I mean to say is it's really good, but that's my problem. I should drink decaf with skim milk and like one Splenda. Instead, I use that Hershey stuff and half and half and like eight Splendas. Actually, not half and half. There's a creamer called, you know that ice cream place, Stone Cold or Cold Cold Stone? Stone Cold, they just they just give you a stunner and pour milk on you at that place. But no, Cold Stone, the creamery, they have creamers out too. It's sweet cream, and I use those and the Hershey's in conjunction. So I'm taking decaf. I haven't had caffeine in the last... Dating back to 2011, there's only been like a four-month stretch in the middle of that somewhere I use caffeine. It's not done me a lot of good, but, it, you know, I just... I like being able to want to sleep... When I want to sleep. But uh, any good done by not drinking caffeine is undone by the Hershey's Chocolate and Caramel Creamer and the Cold Stone Sweet Cream Creamer, I'm sure. 412 333 39 I'm going to talk about the Steeler defense in just a little bit. But in 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about something I discussed with Tim, Pennsylvania is going to take a foolproof situation, namely legalized sports gambling, and going to blow it. That's in 30 seconds here on 105.90X.